Why do you suppose I just hurled a chair at your head, Neiman? I, I don't know. Sure you do. The tempo? Were you rushing or were you dragging? I, I don't know. Start counting. Five, six, seven. In four, goddammit! Look at me! One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Now, was I rushing or was I dragging? I don't know. Count again. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Rushing or dragging? Rushing. So you do know the difference! If you deliberately sabotage my band, I will f you like a pig. Now, are you a rusher or are you a dragger? Or are you going to be on my f***ing time? We're going to be on your time. What does that say? Quarter note equals 215. Count me a 215. A one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Jesus one, two, Christ! I didn't know they allowed into Schaefer. Am I to understand that you cannot read tempo? Can you even read music? What is that? Eighth note? Yes, what is that? Dotted 16th note. Sight read measure 101. What are you, a acapella group? Play the goddamn kit! Now answer my question. Were you rushing or were you dragging? Answer! All right, everyone, welcome back to uh, Gundam at MHQ, and this is the first show of 2015, episode 156. And unfortunately, the old, uh, the old sickness, the old cyber sickness, con sickness, whatever type of sickness it might have been, it seems it's claimed one of our members. Who could that be? <laughs> well, you know it's not Soul Bro. Oh, he man. Just, he just cackled like an idiot. But oh, no. dude, it claimed me last week, so... <laughs> I managed to I managed to get through it, but yeah, um, uh, Chris was not so fortunate. It looks like yeah, it looks like he was not so fortunate with this. So mm-hmm. we wish him well, and Absolutely. he will join us in the uh, the next episode of Gundam. So don't <laughs> don't be spreading around on the interwebs that uh, oh he's taking another hiatus. No, that's God. not the case. <laughs> so it, uh, the reason why we kept it going was because we hadn't recorded in a while. We actually put off. Um, last week because of soul bro's sickness so we didn't want to get behind anymore so that's uh why we decided to do this so uh and in this episode we're only going to be doing one topic we're going to be doing episodes 9 through 12 of g reco or a quick review some of our thoughts uh of course chris won't be joining us but if you want to hear what he has to say about these episodes and all episodes of g reco and all episodes of gundam just go to the review sections of uh, mhq.net And uh, with Chris being gone, uh, we won't be doing the old-timey segment or uh, the mailbag. But keep that stuff coming because we'll catch up here in the next few episodes. Uh, So 
Solbro, uh, anything that you need to do or say uh, with this, this the first episode of Gundam of 2015? There's one thing I'd like to mention. Um, I want to thank everybody who uh, happened to, uh, to, to wish me a happy birthday uh, uh, on the 6th of January. That was my birthday oh, past. And happy lo- birthday. Belated you, birthday. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. A lot of people uh, uh, wish me happy birthday on social media, and I just want to give you guys a big thank you for that. And uh, also... As of uh, just the end of last month, um, Gundam Breaker 2 just recently came out for the PS3 uh, import, of course, and we have collaborated together, myself, Armor NT1, a doc from the doctor from the SSAA podcast, and our friends uh, like Fred and, 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 and other, other people as well. We come together now to play Gundam Breaker 2 on a regular basis. We actually uh, are coupling it uh, the day before we do EX versus the Gundam Nation in a uh, session that we call Sons of Plavisky. We stream it uh, bi-weekly on our channel uh, twitch.tv slash level underscore nine uh, that's n-i-n-e oh, so you're, you're allowed back on huh? oh yeah apparently yeah i got i got i got i caught a caught a little bit of a ban for a little for for a day or two over well you oh, can't do what you did oh man. yeah i really can't not on twitch anyway <laughs> uh, no. uh, <laughs> and also when, when, when i when i heard that and then when i found out what it really was the reason yeah i'm like yeah soul bro's in the wrong because you just, well, you just can't do that you're right you're absolutely right i used to what oh, just to give some insight i used to run something called the pre show which i still do on hitbox i, I got a, the clearance from hitbox they're fine with it but on hitbox uh i on, and on twitch i used to simultaneously simultaneously run a pre-show which shows a lot of openings to different gundam series and other other anime series and i ran it for about an hour just to get the word out that i was doing it and people can go in and chat well people on twitch didn't like that all that much and because of that it, they said it was a violation of terms and they banned me for 24 hours on the level nine channel on twitch so i couldn't stream there but our we also have a hitbox channel which is hitbox.tv slash level nine n-i-n-e and we simultaneously stream on both of them so twitch is back up now and if you guys want to watch gundam breaker and our sons of plavis stream if you got the game and you want to join us we rotate in rooms and whatnot uh during those streams gundam breaker 2 is an incredible game i've been loving it you can make your own gunpla and to take it into battle and customize it however way you want it's so much fun and i want to thank Amaro nt1 for getting me into the game and also raising the funds for me to get the game he rallied the troops to donate towards it uh, for shinjuku station i was able to pick it up for the stream so now we make a regular event based on that and then the very next day where we do uh, ex versus the gun damnation which is our gundam extreme versus stream and we do that on twitch.tv slash fighters ready and hitbox.tv slash shin fighters ready what, what is your gundam that you built what what is what does that look like or? i have i have so many it's ridiculous you can make so many custom have you, have you created uh pizza ness maximus <laughs> your ode to the to the Arthurian legend from Gundam 00. No, I you know what though? I haven't made that yet, but I did make Neo. I made Neo's ultimate gun tank. I did make that. Oh yeah, <laughs> I did. We had a mission where every, uh, we all together and uh, uh, Fort Zero, one of the cats that plays. I'm uh, sure it's awesome too. Isn't it? Yeah, oh, it was. It, we we handled business. It was a. Uh, it wasn't Fort Zero. It was uh, a gentleman by the name did of. Did you put the? Did you put the commander antenna and the and this and the spike arm on it too? Oh shoot! You think, well, I need to. I need to step my shit up then. <laughs> Kitamato is a guy we play with, and uh, he brought up the idea of let's let's do this mission as gun tanks. It's like, are you serious? So we gun all tanks kick ass. We we did. We handled business. We took on the yeah. um, what's the main giant robots from uh from skull? Was it a uh, crossbone Gundam? I forget what they're called. The Divinidads. We took uh, we yeah. took we took on a squad of those. By MFers. the way, the greatest the greatest Gundam <laughs> manga ever. 
<laughs> I think we did a review on it, didn't we? We yes, did. We did. we did. Once upon a yeah. time. But we wrecked shop in those gun tanks, man. Uh, it was You could catch that on our archives. Yeah. I'm posting the archives for both yeah. EX versus the Gun Damnation and Sons of Plavisky on our YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com slash GundamMAHQ. That's YouTube.com slash GundamMAHQ. Not at MAHQ. It's GundamMAHQ. So go there, subscribe, people, rate, and comment. People, people dismiss, but if you really think about it, Gun Tank is going to, I mean, is it is it a melee suit? No, it's not a melee suit. Oh, no. God, but, no. <laughs> no. But, I mean, but also the Gundam is not a long-range suit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a melee suit. You, so. could, you could give the Gun Tank uh, the God Gundam's arms, though, and it becomes a melee suit all of a sudden. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're able to do stuff like that. Oh, yeah. You can mix and match. You can put a katana in his hand. of mine burning red. <laughs> I forget that. I haven't seen Cut G Gundam in a while. I forget that whole that whole spiel. I've been wanting I to rewatch that. that. Oh, my in gosh. This, in, my hand bur- in this hand burning red. <laughs> the East is burning red. <laughs> In this hand burns a mighty power. I forget. I forget the exact Something line. Like yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's for it's freaking great, man. Gun to Breaker Two. I can't recommend that Rich enough. Would be, Rich would be a good thing for the old timey thing if somebody put that on old timey. They need to. I, Domo, I, I, Domo's thing. Domo's speech or Master Asia's uh, the, the 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 what's it the undefeated school of the East. Actually, I'd love to see somebody submit uh, Haro Genki to him. Oh shit. <laughs> But uh, uh, there you go. <laughs> so it looks like Gundam Breaker is a good game to play. Mm-hmm. Don't do hour long things of nothing on Twitch with no gameplay because you'll be banned. <laughs> you'll, you'll catch a ban quick. <laughs> take it easy. They they say you can take uh you can take breaks, but it can't be for that long. So and the content yeah, has to be video game related. So I I accepted the terms and I just I held that L and it's a video uh, game streaming thing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you ever you ever watch people play video games? You sit there and they just they play forever. <laughs> They do. I swear to God, some of those guys, I think they're doing the old Gatorade P trick <laughs> when it comes to some of that stuff. Oh because I don't know how they I don't know how you can sit there that long and uh and do that. So I know I can't. Holy shit. Yeah. So that's what we've learned. So um well I'm walking over to the uh, Lord Larry King Memorial News Studio. You are the king. You are the king. Do some Neo's listener submitted news, and uh, we caught up with all of the submissions during kind of the holiday break in our Lord King Christmas special part do mm-hmm. part two so definitely look at that and we'll go back to the old rules again so there may some some things may or may not make it onto this broadcast so <laughs> that's why we always do the catch-up for the lord king submissions where every article that was submitted from that point was um, was done so if you're looking for your stuff there you know check it out and right now i'm sitting in the larry king memorial news studio seat official seat and uh first one here comes from ea net dude and he's got a post here talking about the new english page for um gundam official they opened a facebook uh page called gundam global portal and uh, they have a little note here from the social media manager that says to all gundam fans out there we've opened a new official facebook page for gundam we'll actively cover all sorts of information ranging from events all over the world products broadcast streaming even behind the scenes stories which surely only sunrise can deliver please like share share and hang on 
while we bring you exciting news starting right now. Oh, so, uh, yeah, so the it's the Gundam Gundam Global Portal Facebook page. So, if you haven't liked it or became a friend of that at this point, you should go ahead and do it. I'm, I just I'm did. Wondering, yeah, I'm wondering. <laughs> they're probably like, "Oh crap!" It's like, it's like these Gundam guys. <laughs> but then they're, they're, they're secretly, well, you know what? They've done our bidding for for no money for so long. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get banned real quick. <laughs> Not even a rebel tech. Oh, man. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Mr. EA Netdo, for your submission. It's pretty cool that they're reaching out on social media again. Um, I'm hoping that this will... Uh... Well, welcome to 2010. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> We're making a Facebook page for Gundam. Nice. Nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I'm glad to see it regardless. I hope I hope it takes them far, and uh, I, I plan to visit it pretty often. There you go. So thank you for that. Next one here comes from EA Netu 2. Oh. Now, we usually break these up, but I'm not going to break them up on this one because we only have a few. But this is a Sir Bay News Alert. Yes, oh, sound the alarm. shit. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Oh, my God, that's bullshit. What the f- First one of 2015, and I'm kind of kind of not liking this, but oh. kind of maybe. This is uh, Peter Cullen. We all know him as Optimus Prime. He oh, says yes. uh, he was speaking at SAC Anime 2015 in Sacramento, and he's kind of hoping for some less dark Transformer sequels coming up. <laughs> Quote. There is a sense that Transformers movies are going into a darker area. I think I brought the concern to the movie studio and certainly to the writers. Perhaps Transformers 5 and 6 movies will go back more to its roots. There was an occasion where one line, which uh, Optimus Prime had, I do not want to say it was in my gut instinct and certainly my commitment to the character not to say the line, but I was told to say... You can't fight the big boys. I think you know what I what the line was. And I guess it's uh a line that was in Transformers Age of Extinction of All Childhoods. <laughs> it might I don't know I don't know what line he's talking about. So. I, I think it might have been the line that had to do uh with a certain kill that he made. Um I don't remember what the line was specifically, uh, but okay. it did seem slightly out of character. He there's a significant kill that Prime makes in the movie. I won't say who or what, but uh when he does, he does say something in regards well, to that. The movie's been out for like almost a year now. What's when, the deal? When, he, when he kills Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer's character? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, when he because that's the first yeah. human. That's the first human I saw him actively kill, like you know, without prejudice, just completely just. Ro- yeah, uh, just Fraser deserved it. He had it coming. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it's like I've never seen I've never seen an Autobot kill a human before, let alone in anything. So it, I think that might have been his conflict. I do hope that the next movies are just a lot more fun and a lot less bogged down by 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 impending doom. Although if, if Unicron it becomes a factor, then you know it's gonna it's gonna stay dark. But I I want him to reboot the franchise. I'm not even going to front at this point. If Michael Bay is not coming back to direct Transformers, why not like reboot the franchise in a, in a way that would be more to the the liking of um of Transformers fans and 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 maybe just get a fresh start where the focus is on the Transformers more and then the humans. I, I think. I think it's ripe for a reboot, and if they did, maybe it would become a hit in America I don't again. Know. Those last like two movies, a lot of focus on the Transformers, more so than say the first couple ones. I, well, I will only, say there's only four. Yeah. So the first movie, I give it to you, more yeah. on the humans. I, yeah. But that, but that, I think too, you gotta. I think people have to remember that was limits of technology and special effects. At oh that yeah, point. and budget too. I mean, and the, budget at, too. It didn't yeah. have a big budget. That's true. I just I, I two. Th- I think there was a little bit more on the Transformers, but three and four. 
Mm-hmm. Dude, that was all tra- that was all Transformers eccentric centric, man. What? The, they were they were come on, really? I think it was divvied up more between the Transformers and the humans, but I I just I have not been completely they satisfied to, by any fight, of them. And, they had to fight mm-hmm. more human. Well, they had more humans working with the Decepticons. Yeah. But when it came to the characters and stuff, I don't I don't know, man. I mean, the thing is, is like, what route do we really go on this at this point? I don't know. I mean, it'll be up to for the writers to decide, but I do. I I just think where the story's going, I don't know if they can have much left to What what, what do we do? I mean, is this this Generation 1? Prime, oh, what would we do instead? That's a good question. I know the comic books have a lot of great storylines that they can mine for information or mine for story, story, uh, what's it, uh, inspiration and whatnot. Um, Whether it be the old comics from the 80s or the new comics now. But Mm -hmm. here's the thing. Mm-hmm. If you do that, do these big budget movies do they do they still go to the mass appeal of the the mass public? Because in the end, to recoup all those costs, yeah. And the other thing is that the kids, a lot of the kids, they love Transformers. Yeah, but so they're they're good movie, with it too. This fourth movie was a bit dark for the kids. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the third movie was dark for them. Remember, they were yeah. vapor they were vaporizing humans. Yeah, Decepticons were going nuts. So yeah, the last two movies, I would like it just. To, I want I want that sense of fun back, but also I want it to 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 to. Uh, yeah, I guess selfishly, what I sense, wanted what to. What sense of fun though are you talking about? Because the '80s cartoon is it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's 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 hideous is what it is. It's ridiculous. I'm not saying to go to go for eighties cartoon. I'm well, just what, saying what what goofy plan that Megatron's gonna have that ultimately <laughs> is gonna be sabotaged by Starscream and I'll one of these days I'll get you Optimus Prime. I mean I know take take the template like a mixture of maybe the whimsy of the eighties cartoon, but not the ridiculousness of it, and also uh some of the storylines from the comics and make a blend. If I I'd say if Marvel can do it by taking some of their best stories from the comics and streamlining it for the cinema in a way that works for the cinema i think that transformers can do it too but in the end it's all going to go to it's all going to end up being the decepticons are going to be trying to do something to destroy them sure they're gonna they're gonna have to go to cybertron Mm -hmm. and somehow they're gonna have to defeat unicron (laughs) because in the end all those stories end up being that way yeah right i mean there's tons of transformers movies but they all end up being we got to fight for cybertron somehow we got to destroy unicron and you know that's about it in in regards to the television show yeah it was like that Uh, i think the comic books are actually a bit more complex the conversations i've had with a lot of transformers fans as of recently they've told me some things that go on in the comics that are pretty amazing and um i don't know if they can mine some of that uh some of that for inspiration on on putting together a compelling story i think that's it's be not gonna cool. change it's not gonna change till the till the movies stop making money you're right they won't change them well they so need to transformers age of extinction didn't hit the mark that it that uh the oh, studio wanted here in the states it did but worldwide it still paid a billion dollars yeah though. They're, they're working they're working that chinese market because they know that's you, where the money's at yeah but all movies were down this year oh yeah absolutely all, all movies did poorly compared to what they thought the whole movie industry did poorly this year so that was the only one that did a billion you're right that's true that's true it made uh, it made up in the worldwide market to make that billion yeah whatever i yeah. don't care it's cool it's I cool <laughs> but uh, not, not the whole thing's down but it's it's i guess there's a lot of work to be done thank you mr ea net dude for your submission oh more survey news oh but this is bad survey news because this is stuff that we'll just we're not i don't even know why i'm acknowledging this but oh. 
some of the some of the this is coming from the evil Australian vet noir. Mm-hmm. These Razzies they nominated Age of Extinction of All Childhoods to their nomination list. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna look at what they were there because <laughs> we all know the reason why it's because it's Michael Bay. We all know what's because I'm worse. sure if you took the same movie and you searched and replaced all the references to Michael Bay oh, yeah. and you put something like maybe J.J. Abrams, it would be the most amazing thing ever. Neo, so, don't don't worry. What's gonna win? Worst picture is saving Christmas. Kurt Cameron's got this in the bag. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's it's one of the nominees for worst picture as well. So it ain't nothing beating that. That movie's a piece of garbage. Saving Christmas. Why, saving why were they Christmas? Why what were they saving it from? Uh, saving uh, the, what they need to do is save the audience from that garbage. <laughs> Nobody went to go see it. It's the only movie to have an absolute zero on Rotten Tomatoes. Zero. Nobody enjoyed it. Not oh, wow. a soul. So it has that significance. <laughs> even even people that were its target market. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even Christians could not get down with that movie. That tells you everything. That's crazy. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, thank you for your submission there, Vent Noir. Uh, next one here comes more Surbay news. Wow, Ooh. where was this over the holidays? Go on, roll. Uh, EA Net Dude, he uh, talks about how office actor and insurance spokesman John Krasinski's, he's going to be. He's in negotiations to star in that this movie called Thirteen Hours. I guess it's about. Oh, is this the um, the Benghazi movie? Yeah. The Megazi movie. Okay, yep. that's interesting. Yep. So yeah, they. Uh, I guess everything's still pretty up in the air with this, and they said there's a lot of people been reading for the roles, such people as Woody Harrelson, mm-hmm. J.K. Simmons, Walter Goggins, Shay Wigham. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really know any of those people outside of Woody Harrelson. <laughs> Walton Goggins was Shane on the Shield. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Dirty ass Shane. And dirty ass Shane. You, and J.K. Simmons. Aww. You know, you, you know, J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. And Shea Wiggum, Shea Wiggum was Nucky's brother on uh, on on Boardwalk Empire. Now oh, he's on he's, he's on Agent he's on Agent Carter. Yeah, now. he's he's the uh, he's the chauvinist yeah. kind of uh, SSR. SSR. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for the, just to call her Toots. Yeah. At point. It's gonna happen. They already said broad last episode. <laughs> they said broad. They said hun. Yeah. They said everything. I'm just like, oh my god, the forty slang. <laughs> But it's so much better than Agents of Shield. Oh man, <laughs> so much better! I, I, oh my god, I've enjoyed Shield this season. But Agent I Carter, Agent Carter hit the ground running. So that one, is what one, that show's got. One episode of Agent Carter was better than the whole first season oh. of Agents of Shield. <laughs> Even Samuel L. couldn't really save that. Oh no! <laughs> oh, it's so bad. Oh, Sam. Oh my god, nobody, nobody cares about Coulson. Oh, I do, but. <laughs> He's not that interesting. <laughs> He's just a jobber. It, it is. It is. It is. It has been. It's been a fun run this season. I'll say that. But oh, agent, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm sure. How are all the White Knights taking it? Because remember, Ooh. wasn't wasn't Marvel supposed to stop what they were going to do with their movie productions and immediately put in a movie that had a female lead? But I mean, what do they think about Agent Carter? They must. I mean. I mean, we haven't had where a... Are the, where are the White Knights? Because I want to hear what they have... Because you finally get the lead. She's a badass, and she's dealing with all the crap that poor women were dealt with in the <laughs> 1940s. Well, we, we're eventually going to get a Captain Marvel movie. That's slated, but uh, at least Agent Carter is on TV now. Yeah, and... but remember, remember mm-hmm. last year, the White Knights rose the flag, and immediately <laughs> everything had to be stopped. Mm-hmm. 
because we needed this. Remember all these discussions. So, but hey, it's it's heading in the right direction. And Agent Carter is been a, has been a compelling show. I'm sad it's not on this week, but next week it's back. So I'm happy about that. Mm. So they at least have that. But uh, yeah, uh, John Krasinski, huh? <laughs> so much better than Agents of Shield. Oh my God! What a, oh oh man. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. EA Netdo, for your submission. Oh, the next one here comes from Vent Noir again. He's got some human resistance news. Oh, shit. No, I'm not going to hook up a Cylon into the CIC. Thank God. Yeah, prominent scientists signed a letter of warning about AI risk. Well, I guess they've been listening to me. Hell yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a group mobilized uh, by a Skype co-founder, Jan Tinnen, which Ooh. I find this guy kind of fine. He's probably like, yeah, I would trust technology either. <laughs> I helped create Skype. Goodness. <laughs> guy from MIT called Max Te- Tegmark, Harvard's Victorian Krakon, mm-hmm. Boston University's May Cheetah Tegmark. So it's probably the wife of Max. Uh, and UC Santa Cruz <laughs> professor Anthony Aguirre. And they have a scientific advisory board of people, such people as Stephen Hawking, Elon Musk, or Martin Rees, George Church, and Nick Bostrom. And everybody's thinking, I'm crazy. Now it's like these guys, everybody loves Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. So they must be listening to this. Uh, but yeah, this is what they write. There is now a broad consensus that AI research is progressing steadily and that its impact in society is likely to increase. The potential benefits are huge since everything that civilization has to offer is a product of human intelligence. Mm-hmm. We cannot predict, predict what w- we might achieve when this intelligence is magnified by the tools AI may provide. But the eradication of disease and poverty are, are not unfathomable. Because of the great potential ideas, AI is important to research how to reap its benefits while avoiding potential pitfalls. My, is this what I've been talking about for what? A couple of years now. This is my whole thing. <laughs> so, Since you started the news. <laughs> Even before that, I guess. So, I mean, the thing that has always been my contention is like, this stuff is great, mm-hmm. but let's like, let's kind of look at some of the issues with all of this. And just cause we can, doesn't mean we need to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and they, they have a list of all the uh, signatories, and it's pretty impressive if you go through there. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's you know, and I, I think, and these are people that work in the artificial uh, intelligence industry and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's good that we're actually having this because I was always afraid. I was always afraid oh. of some large corporation just being Dude. like, oh, let's do all this. You can huh. add your name to the list right here, bro. Ne- oh, I can? Yeah. Uh, was it Neo Lord? No. Uh, Robo. Uh, not. Uh, sorry. Anti Robo Collaborator. <laughs> That's what you can do. Well, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a colonel in the human resistance. Here. <laughs> I can only imagine the self descriptions people put in there uh, for, their, uh, for their name signing, but that is freaking. That's wild. <laughs> That's really wild. I just find it funny that the co-founder of Skype is on there. <laughs> he knows the dangers of technology, that it doesn't always work the way you're supposed to. Sure does. What, <laughs> what have you done, Rot? <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Ventnoir, for your submission. Uh, the next one comes from Wielder, and we have some uh, dead person news. Uh, voice actor Chiko Otsuka passed away. 
He was 85, and yeah. he played a large number of roles throughout his life, including One Piece Gold Roger, Mobile Suit Gundam's Alien Schnellenberg, uh, Lupin III's Goemon. Uh, man, Goemon? Lots. For real? It, well, it depends which one. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. <laughs> There's probably been about... He's probably the original, I would think. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was Big Boss in Metal Gear Solid 4. Oh! Eggman and Sonic Hedgehog. He's probably the Japanese version. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, it, well, go ahead. Sorry. No. So I mean, I mean, I, 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 mm-hmm. and uh, he's uh, survived by his son, who plays Solid Snake in the metal in the Metal Gear Solid franchise. So father played. So he actually played Snake's father as well as being his, the voice actor's father in real life. Yeah. And I, from what I recall, and I might be wrong about this, I believe Akio Otsuka is the voice of Bot- Bato on Ghost in the Shell as well. He's done a lot of voices, but I, I think that's the other voice that he's famous for. I'll, I'll, I'll look that up real quick. But that's a shame, man. That guy, that guy was a legend, and I'm sorry to hear he's gone. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for that submission, Wilder. Next one here comes from MCT Dread, and he's got actually a uh, link here. And I just think people should just check this out. I guess a Japanese office was attacked by a full-size Gundam <laughs> in a prank. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! Yeah. Holy! What the hell? It's a, it's it's a one one Zaku. <laughs> wait, wait! Oh yeah, it looks yeah. Zaku pranks office workers. Yo, get out of here! What? How did he do this? <laughs> I'm looking at the video. Know. Oh no! I don't know. That's Thank amazing. Thank you, Mr. MCT Dread, for your submission. Oh, the next one here comes from the Shade, and he's got Sir Bay news. Ah! Michael Bay. Michael Bay. And nice. this, thank God, this is this is what we want. This is these are the things that we want. He's actually got a link here to um, the some behind the scenes as as the shade says here. Watch as Sir Bay explains how he masterfully filmed the now classic Transformers: Age of Extinction of all childhoods. And wow. uh, <laughs> I just see this picture here, and I can just see as he's looking up, he's just oh, I'm gonna have to watch this because I'm I'm sure this is just it's classic the classic, classic. <laughs> the now classic that's what he wrote <laughs> well it was a cl- it was a classic as soon as it premiered it was a classic as it was being filmed it's, it's, <laughs> instant, uh, instant classic instant classic the second it started rolling <laughs> no 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 when they when they showed the first screener to the to the to the studio that's nice. what it's classic there you so go like, oh <laughs> magnifique i think i found a transformer <laughs> A Bostonian living in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't write that shit. <laughs> hey, mm. thank, uh, thank you for that submission. Oh, the next one here comes from Flame X and oh, oh, more dead, more, more dead people news. Oh. Yes, Ghost in the Shell singer Origa uh, passed away. She was only forty-four due to lung cancer, which mm. I find ironic. A, a singer <laughs> died wow. of lung. She but, she is from Russia, and I don't know if uh, if uh, maybe maybe she was the chain smoker. I don't know, but that sucks. Notes. Damn, man. Hey, and she worked on uh, she. Of course, we know her best from Ghost in the Shell, but it looks like she worked on other shows as well. I'm not sure what Fantastic Children or Princess Ar- Ariete are, but man, their shows, their shows, their, their shows. <laughs> she said uh, she was a singing voice for Kanan in Conan or Kanan and Gust. And uh, she was also in R No Surge. Man, I, all I know, is she had a powerful voice, and her yep. her her the sound of her voice is so haunting on uh, the Ghost in the Shell soundtrack. Man, I, I, she will be missed. Man, I'm sorry to hear this. Oh, so thank you 
for that submission. And the last one here comes from EA Netu. We started with him. We ended with him. And this is uh, some Gundam The Origin news. And this is coming off of the recently posted English dub trailer. That's on YouTube for Gundam The Origin. Oh, yeah. And Blue Eyed Castle looks pretty good. It's fast. The bastard. Sure, you mean. The guy's a veritable red comet. The man's name is Kasval Remdaiku, also known as Shar Aznabu. Your father was assassinated, murdered by those Zabi fiends. Zabi family will shoulder the responsibility of history to come. And uh, here is your voice cast list for your English voice cast list. Karen Straussman is the young Castle. Maggie O'Connor as young Artisa. Mark Thompson is Digwin Zabi. Uh-huh. Liam, o- Liam O'Brien is, is he related to Chief O'Brien? Liam <laughs> O'Brien as Garen Zabi. Brandon Fox as uh, Sassaro Zabi. Oh, Bob man. Johnson as Dozel. Mm-hmm. Wendy Lee as Cassilia. Awesome. That's- that's Faye Vincent, right? Or yeah, Faye, Faye Valentine, yeah. <laughs> no, not, not, Faye, the old, Faye not the old Major League Baseball commission. <laughs> Faye Vincent! <laughs> Why did he come to my mind? I don't know. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's voice acting legend. Uh, yeah. uh, Lee, voice. Uh, you're absolutely right. Voice of Faye Valentine. I will say, uh, though, I, I, I did procure over the holiday the Blu-ray of Bebop. Cowboy Baba. What? Uh, some of it was good. Some of it's bad. The transfer? It, it, yeah. Cause oh. they just couldn't, some of them, they just couldn't upgrade it. But the parts they could mm-hmm. look really good. And it still looks great. I mean, it's still a great show. But it w- it's just um, if you're expecting every scene to look bang on, mm-hmm. not the case. How did, uh, but, how did Pierre LaFoe look? Did you watch that episode yet? I'm not up to that point yet. Okay. No. No. That's the one. That's, that's the killer right there. They, they, they poured a lot of the budget into that episode. <laughs> so hopefully that looks good. Uh, I, I got up to the, um, one of my favorites, the Resident Evil one. You mm-hmm. know, the, what is it? The, we left the lobster in the, uh, oh, no. the refrigerator. Oh my God. That's such a good app. <laughs> Where everybody bites it. Oh. Everybody gets bit by the little whatever that thing was. That's sp- so. classic space horror, man. Cool. But back to the voice list. Mm-hmm. Mark Dyerson as Zeon Zoom, Zoom Daikun. Mm-hmm. Victoria Veronica Taylor as Artasia. Oh, that's uh, classic Ash Ketchum. The shit. <laughs> uh, Kirk Thorne. Kirk Thornton as Rambaral. Mm-hmm. Amanda Shuckman as uh, Crowley Haman. Mm-hmm. Doug Stone as Jimbaral. Jimba. Jimbaral. <laughs> Rebel with me, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Rebel with me, boy. Rebel. Um, and, and the last one is Keith Silverstein as Char Asenball. So, Which um, stays in line with the voice of Full Frontal. From uh, Unicorn is uh, Keith Silverstein, if I recall, was the voice of uh, Full Frontal as well. It's done by this. It's dubbed by the same studio that dubbed Unicorn. So, well, uh, let's hope the stories are much different than Unicorn. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we, we kind of have an idea of how the story's gonna go. So, <laughs> I'm glad. Oh, they st- well, we kind we we did with that too, but yeah. it's got kind of whatever. Well, we had the um, advantage of actually reading the origin before we're seeing it. So, <laughs> there's at least that Unicorn, not so much. We were kind of at the mercy of the book but uh it's still cool man i'm, I'm glad to hear this cast man it sounds like they're gonna they're bang and it out the first episode premieres what uh february 28th yeah. so right around the corner oh yeah so check that out and 
And that's it for the news. Thank you, everybody, for your submissions. And like we had stated earlier, uh, unfortunately, because of Chris's illness, we will not be doing any old-timey. So we're going to go right into our first and only segment of this episode, episodes 9 through 12 of G-Reco. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. I'm David Kay, a.k.a. the voice of Professor X from that old series, X-Men Evolution. And you're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Logan? Logan, where is Storm? Kill her to comfort tea. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. From a time long ago, in a basement far away, there comes a time when there's only one hero to protect us all from the trolls. Warranted and unwarranted. Is it him? Against Gundam Sea Destiny. It appears destiny is firmly on my side. What? There stands a man who alone will defend the honor of said show for all to enjoy. You're something that shouldn't have been allowed to exist, boy! Just shut up! His name rings out and is like curses to those evil doers. If people learned of your existence, they would want to be just as you are! That name... Chairman 025, Defender of Destiny! You shouldn't blame me! This is mankind's dream! Mankind's desire! Mankind's destiny! Coming this fall on WSBR, your home for DVR hits. Wow, this is pretty cool! Happy birthday. How to say... Well, you could say thank you. Thank you. Gun damn it, Jim. What the hell's the matter with you? Other people have birthdays. Why are we treating yours like a funeral? Bones, I don't want to be lectured.
All right, everyone, welcome back. Uh, we're going to be jumping into our reviews of uh, turn or not turn eight Gundam. Sorry, uh, G uh, Racco. <laughs> turn eight Gundam's on your brain. <laughs> turn eight is on my brain. Oh, um, actually, because uh, uh, over the holiday, I started. Uh, I was showing somebody Turn eight. We oh, watched nice. like the first like ten episodes because I'm like, don't go by the way it looks. <laughs> I know it doesn't look like a. I know you're used to wing and these other things. Look at this. <laughs> it's, it's good. <laughs> a fun freaking show man oh and by the way you won't see the gundam for the first like three episodes oh god no. but, <laughs> <laughs> but whatever so uh, yeah i'm sorry episodes 9 through 12 of g reco and the first one is episode 9 the megaflana heads south uh after the reuniting of uh, Belry and his mom in episode 8 uh, we see that the megaflana heads down to the capital territory to uh, gather some more information uh, dealing with some of the conflicts that have been going on. And, of course, who shows up at the Capital Army again? And I believe this is the, what, the second time Mash shows up again? Yeah. Uh, with his, and he's got a little bit bigger force at this point, and he's crazier than hell doing his things. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> but uh, we, we see that Belry and the Megaflon, they're able to fend everybody off, and uh, they end up going to a hiding place. Um, through uh, some of the uh, connections that they have, uh, that Wilmot has uh, with the Capitol Guard, because we find out that there's kind of, uh, you know, we've been seeing this through the last couple episodes, but we really see that there's uh, little things now because of L- Lieutenant Cribs is uh, from the Capitol Guard. You see that there's a little bit of a power struggle between the Capitol Guard and the Capitol Army, i.e., the Army being kind of goofy. So, yeah. um, we see that they're escorted to a safe place, and uh, so. We have um, we have the end there, and uh, Solbro, your thoughts on this episode? Uh, just some things I picked out. Um, there's definitely something rotten at the Capitol Tower, most definitely. Oh, yeah. One of the things that caught me, I believe, uh, what was her name? The I keep forgetting her name, but the red, the the the, the kind of violet-haired chick that takes care of Araya. She uh, kind of brings up something that I've been kind of spec- speculating for on, a wh- on for a while, and that um, Belry might be adopted. She brings that up in this episode. Oh, yeah. And it's like, yeah, because uh, I noticed... Noredo. That's right. That's right. That's her name. Yeah, uh, right. Noredo Nug. That's it. That's it. Uh, she brings it up, and um, I, it's like something I, I suspected a while ago, because his mother and he don't look the same. Not that that means a lot in anime, because sometimes characters just don't look the same as their, their parents, but in this case it was noticeably so and um the fact that he is adopted or what's a fact but the rumor i i don't think they would drop that unless there was it was going to lead somewhere so i'm kind of interested in seeing where that goes i want to know what the secret is behind the rules of hermes blueprints but they've been inching towards that for a while now and i'm sure we'll get the they're big talked reveal. a lot they're talked a lot in here yeah in this one because we really see that uh goosen is like talking with uh, wilmit about what is it? Krupa's been uh, messing with the Rose of Hermes blueprints mm-hmm. and things like that. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things. You keep hearing it now, and you're like, my God, can we get to the point to see what these are? Because yeah. we know it's it, – it, I mean, it is all the hidden technology of Universal yep. Century. Exactly. So. All the technology that that's being leaked to the both forces that they're utilizing comes from these blueprints. So I just want to see the big reveal behind them and see what it's going to lead to. Uh, I know eventually we'll get the answer, hopefully at the midway point, but uh, I guess we'll see. 
kids. Yeah. Um, I love the conversation where uh, even Belry underestimates Ida. He's telling her about the fundamentals of the waterfalls, uh, shielding uh, shielding them from the opposition, and then realizing how patronizing he sounded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because you know she's a terrible pilot. <laughs> And it's getting to the point where he he's seeing it, and so he's trying to keep it real basic with her. But it's like maybe at that point in time he's being a little too basic. But uh, I, I love the mo- little moments in the show that 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 it has, and uh, I dig that a lot. Uh, one of the highlights of the episode was Mask versus uh, a Mask, or AKA Luin versus Belry. That shark kick was too much. Which he, when he kicked the shit out of Bell out of uh, when Belry kicked the shit out of uh, out of Mask, Mask, and all those yeah. airbags come out. <laughs> It looks like he's getting crushed by airbags inside the suit, but it's cool that it has that protection technology to keep the, keep the pilot safe. Well, he safe. needs it because he sucks. Oh, as, damn. as we find out in later episodes. Yo, shots fired. <laughs> the, 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 the suck is strong in this one. Oh, Matt, don't, don't be a loser villain, bro. Please, oh, please step well, your shit up. You, you, you can only be what you are, you know? <laughs> you can't achieve more, huh? No, uh, I, I like the moment that Belry hesitated to shoot once he saw him emerge from the cockpit, though. Uh, that's a very telling sign because Belry's killed several people in the show, but he hasn't had to look them dead in the face to do it. So when he sees that's a throwback pers- to Armro. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> and he actually Armour helps him. Armro and most some of the other Gundam pilots. But mm-hmm. I always remember it with uh, Armro when he finds out. Um, what was it when they uh, initially escaped side seven? Mm hmm. And Shar and his guys are trying to go back to the Musai. Yeah. And and remember, he's like, he sees them and he tries to, he's like, he's wanting to shoot them. But then, you know, he can't focus on them because they're too small. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. And he, uh, he also might cause a lot of damage by shooting if he misses. So it's like, that's, that's a big thing. But he actually saves, he helps, uh... He helps uh, Mask avoid a bad situation from going up by putting his beam rifle out there to kind of cushion his ascent and make him go bouncing towards the uh, the I want to call it the base jabber. I forget what it's called the the little the little uh, floating platform that the the suits yeah. use. And he makes that unbelievable fall, the one in a million lucky dive he makes on top of the uh, the platform in order to get rescued uh, by his uh, his subordinate, his uh, his low rent Haman. I think her name is uh, Barara Pool Peel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's a uh, she's a bit of a trip, but uh, I do like her character so far. I think she's uh, she's actually a good a good foil to mask, and uh, we'll see that in later episodes. But um, that cliffhanger with shady ass Koompa, man, where where the where the authorities rush the stage uh, where they meet up with the space pope and and uh, and Bell space mom. pope. <laughs> Yo, the space pope. It's not Tom Cruise. I'm sorry. <laughs> space pope. But yeah, um. I, I, the, the cliffhanger was pretty nice for this episode. I, I, I overall, I thought it was, I, th- I thought it was uh, better than the average up. Yeah, no, all that stuff was great. I, actually, um, to me, it seemed like pretty much one of your standard kind of Gundam. We got to escape from the baddies episodes. We're trying to get to from point A to point B. Kind of, you know, the the perils of the white base and and you know Archangel and all the other ones. But the stuff at the end though that got me kind of was when we start really kind of talking about the threat of space. Mm-hmm. And Gusan starts talking about the photon batteries and how they'll explode if, like, the Earth if the Earth people try to mess with them in any way. Yeah, I thought that that's kind of interesting. And you know, they're talking about the SU cord and and how much of a freaking 
hold they have, not only with energy production and delivery, but the fact that even if you try to look at these things to see maybe how they work or tick, that they're going to blow up on you. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, that that's pretty interesting. And of course, he's, you know, reiterating all of America's, what they're trying to do is trying to, uh, you know, get rid of uh, the tower's uh, monopoly. So, you know, you definitely, he's definitely showing them up as uh, Maria being the good guys in white hats, but it's a Tamino show. So I guess we'll, we'll kind of find out what, uh, (laughs) what we have there. And of course, like you said, a lot of talk about the Rose of Hermes and, um, you know, it's, uh, not a not a super spectacular episode, but I will say it's uh, definitely keeps uh, keeps the story going and starts introducing a lot more things. So, uh, Solbro, what would um, what would you rate this episode? Uh, the, the what I would rate this episode. <clears throat> let me see here. I'm trying to see what the name of this uh, suit is. Oh, okay, I'd give this episode three. Uh, what is it? Ah, damn, I can't find it now. Um, three mecha at gunpoint 3.5 mechas at gunpoint oh, out of uh, five. <laughs> oh, uh, what is it the um, rex no the rex no three three rex knows at gunpoint out of five oh so you're talking mask mask uh mobile suit right no no the rex knows the this mobile suit with the with the monitor for the oh, face yeah yeah and uh there's that one particular scene where they uh where the the marion army overwhelms the uh the 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 was it the the capital army and one of yeah. the Rexdos just sits there with the gun at its chest or its back for one of the grimoires and the Rexdo just puts his hands up like the jig is up. Oh yeah, <laughs> shit was the best. I want a no picture beef. of that. No beef. No beef. I'm good. I'm good. Yo, I'm, I'm standing down, man. You won't get no beef from me. <laughs> you got me. You got me. That was awesome. Well, uh, I, I give it. Uh, I gave it three power monopolies out of five. <laughs> So we see some go. things don't some things don't change in the future. No, they don't. <laughs> the more things change, the more things stay the same. Good lord. Yeah. yeah. So um next is episode ten, uh called Escape from Territory. Mm-hmm. And of course, um what would happen, but the megafauna has been discovered by the Capital Army. Oh my gosh. So of course they're uh Getting on the run, and Lieutenant Curbs uh, has turned rogue on us, and is helping now the Megaflana fleet or the Megaflana to, um, uh, and it's being pursued by the uh, Capital Army. And uh, we get introduced to a uh, a new mobile suit called the Wuxa, mm-hmm. and it's going to be piloted by Becker Shannon, which uh, that was pretty interesting. That crazy and guy with the, wa- with the with the wide open eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy guy with wide open eyes and the the Wuxum. Mm-hmm. So that, I guess that makes it uh, kind of interesting. And um, we see that, uh, you know, of course, uh, the, the G-Self and the G-Arcane are out there um, helping uh, to, to defeat Becker. And we see uh, that he's taken care of. And uh, then, hey, it's only episode 10, but we're going into space. Megaflana finally makes it up to space to investigate the uh, rumor threat from the moon. So, uh, Solbro. Some of your thoughts of episode ten, Escape from Territory. Well, it looks like uh, at the very beginning when uh, when everybody makes their escape or everybody leaves the the, the one chamber where the space well, I like to call it space boat, but uh, Pope Gell is that mm-hmm. uh, you notice Pope Gell is clutching his chest and it yeah. looks like he's ailing, man. I guess he I'm, I'm guessing he doesn't have much long to live. So and if he does die somewhere in the middle of the show, that might cause a pair up. Uh, 
some kind of a paradigm shift. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but our struggle probably. I, some type. I don't think he's going to survive to the end. That's what I think, but uh, we'll see. But uh, that that's something to take note of. And it's cool. The show drops a little hints here and there, and you have to. It's up to you to piece them all together. I, I've been hearing a lot of frustration from people, and it's like I get it that the show can test your patience, but I love the fact that these little hints can drop here and there in order for us to kind of just accumulate it all and piece together what the story is. It's a weird way of storytelling. I get it so much and it frustrates me sometimes because like i sometimes i just wish you would just come out with this and let us know what the hell is going on instead of being so precious but this is the big tomino experiment so i've got to respect it (laughs) and see where it goes and i know that at the end of this series i'm going to appreciate all the little tidbits they dropped because then we'll have the whole picture and be able to watch it again knowing everything that's going to unfold and how everything relates to everything so um it may allow us to see it in another light and this episode is a perfect example of that yeah but i mean this is this is Tomino's done this in the past. It's just that yeah. we've we've seen those shows before. Yeah, we have. So it, it, we don't. It's not as you know. It's it's not as uh, uh, prevalent as as it you know uh, as it was before. So I mean, this is his first Gundam show since what ninety nine. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah, we got to see Turn A after the fact, but you know, this is for a lo- for a lot of us, this is the first. Gundam show probably for most of us this is the first Gundam show that's being as it's being done by Tamino we're, we're seeing it. it in six you know shortly thereafter of it being released yeah and so I, all I can think of is that turn a was just like this when it comes to the way they revealed elements oh, of if, the story I mean if you think back and like I said I I had wa- I'm watching I watched like the first kind of 10 episodes over the holiday mm-hmm. and it's it's the same exact way oh yeah <laughs> I mean if, if you break it down because because the person I'm watching this with, they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, what, what's going on? And I'm like, just wait. Just wait. It's, it's going to come. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's exactly the way it is. It's, it's his storytelling. It's, it's the way he does it. He's, he's trying to uh, up, one-up himself. And I, I, I think it'll work overall. I've got faith in the man. I don't even think he's trying to one-up himself. I think this is just the way he tells the stories. Yeah. I mean, if you look at a lot of the other stories, they're not all, you know, Without us, you know, a lot of those stories we saw after the fact, after other people had seen it, and there's a summary or something like that. This is like the first of these Gundam stories that we've seen from him that we're seeing it as other people are seeing it. Yeah. That is absolutely makes, right. Does that make sense? I it, mean, it, may, it makes perfect sense because we, we've never been at the point in time where we're waiting week to week for a Tomino series ever. Because and, and, I, I have to think that people have to realize this guy comes from the old school when you would premiere an episode and people would have to wait a whole week. Mm-hmm. That's a novel idea. Where you, <laughs> you, you, you wait a whole week to watch the next episode. Mm-hmm. And we're in a society now where, you know, Netflix, what is it? They do their stuff like House of cards and all that they just dump all the episodes on there oh yeah so there's there's no wait on it it's like okay it's released this day people watch it and in a day they've watched the whole stupid show they've digested that's gonna happen again when daredevil drops in a few weeks whatever (laughs) but that but that's 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 the new paradigm that we have or we wait and we wait to not see a show and then three months later it's on netflix or hulu yeah and we're watching it and we're able to watch the all the episodes up to this point. This is how he was brought up. This was a classic episode, but go ahead, Soul Bro, with, I, with uh, more of your stuff. I won't, I won't take too long uh, for the rest of this. Uh, I, I, after they get back to the, uh, after they get back to the um, 
so I, I forget the name of the ship, the Omega Fauna. Um, mm-hmm. I love uh, that. Uh, I think it's Danielle this time calls out Ida for her bad piloting. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the fact that when she goes into battle, it's a bad matchup. And of course, as predicted, when she goes out there, she gets handled again. Um, <laughs> poor, poor Ida. I, I, I do. I do like the fact, though, on this that, I mean, I guess you could probably call it a little sexist because she ends up being a woman. But I do like the fact that they're just kind of stressing that no matter what she does, she just can't get better. Oh yeah, pilot. She just doesn't have the. She just doesn't have the skills. It's, it's like Cots. Cots could not get better at what he did. Yeah, he, he never got better piloting no. the mobile suits. No, he did not. Never did. <laughs> he got he got relegated to the to the to the. I forget what it is. The uh, the assist for the. Oh uh, the um. Oh God, the the part for the super Gundam. Yeah, the I forget what that, it, I forget what it is. There's so much, yeah. so so many, so many pieces of equipment in Gundam. I swear to God, I can't remember them all. But he, uh, was, he was Saji before Saji. Yeah, he got he got regaled to be a backup that's <laughs> what so he got he didn't even get to use the uh methods so well, I, um well i mean she's at least ida is one step ahead she's at least she's still in a mobile suit <laughs> yeah she, she at least gets to rock the gr cane which is a nice piece of work i just hope she gets better i really do because i, I want to see her character reach new heights when it comes to her piloting ability oh, and about I, halfway through so i, I <laughs> <laughs> well i mean they make a point to po- point out how bad she's piloting so i'm hoping that means that there's going to be a a moment in the show where she does start to get better and we get to see her growth because uh, it looks like Bellry's a natural and she's not so we're gonna see her go from being terrible tier to being competent tier i hope i mean I'm not, I'm not expecting her to become someone exceptional i'm just expecting someone who can function in a mobile suit and be able to hold her own and that's it um and i that, we'll see a little bit of that later on but uh Bellry, um there was the the mechanic uh and i i i, I use this pun uh, there was the mechanic in this episode of uh Bellry being held up due to delay of the g self's new armor yeah. <laughs> Everybody else was in the battle holding it uh, uh fighting it through and he's sitting in the launch bay waiting for the uh the new armor to 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 finish being ready and uh finally when it it is he gets out there in this heavy armored pack that he has. Oh my god. Did it did, does it have a name? I looked for it. I didn't see that there was a name for it, but um it looked pretty cool. It's just that he could barely fly it. It was so heavy. <laughs> It's like it's like Hulkbuster armor. Oh no for, uh, doubt. He looked like he was ready to play the Super Bowl when he went. <laughs> like he put on a bunch of uh, football football equipment to go well, into the, it, into it, the it's, frame. It, it's not even that. It's not even football equipment because he can barely move in it. It's oh, like yeah? <laughs> you're, you're holding us up. Everybody else has got to hold it down, mm-hmm. and yet when you finally are ready, the thing is too damn heavy for you to do anything. Yeah. So I mean, he yeah. still he still managed. It was just like when he was flying back to the ship, he could barely get on it because it was the combined weight of him and I believe uh, Ida's mobile suit. Was yeah, just, about tipped the megaflon over ooh, almost. Oh my god! But uh, it, it made for an amusing uh, set piece. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I like the look of the Wuxia. Um, they introduced it, of course, this episode. But crazy ass Becker, man. I, I I don't trust that guy. He looks like he's uh, in the same category as uh as uh I forget his name now Sting from Zeta Gundam. Uh, his name is uh. Ah, anyway, as any crazy pilot in the in Gundam in, in general, he looks like he's uh, going to be something to deal with. And the fact that he's not dead already, I know he's going to do some damage later, possibly. Uh, the last thing I'll point out is uh, Wilmot is getting a little too close to the truth of the the Koompa conspiracy, and I'm thinking it might uh, result in some in some bad times for her character uh, once she starts wait, to reveal. Uh, wait, a, a mother dying in Gundam? Who knew? That's the, that's never <laughs> happened before. <laughs> I don't know anything past twelve. I will say that, but a parent, a parent finding out too much. <laughs> 
or finding out something they shouldn't find out and ended up getting axed in mm-hmm. front of the, the main character to help with some much-needed trauma Ooh, and man. motivation. Oh, how dare oh. you. Oh, my gosh. That old tried and true. Um, oh, yeah. Jazan Gable was the name I was searching for. But, uh, yeah, um, yeah, she's getting a little too close to the truth, man. And uh, I think she's about to get burned real soon. I thought Becker, I thought Becker got thrown into an alligator, didn't he? Becker? Did he really? Yeah, because yeah. he, like, he... Remember he uh, he signaled for one of the um, oh yeah yeah he get- cats just to get, come get him because he's like all yeah. fabulous with his flair and then like it knocks him into the uh, into a gator so I don't think he might be coming back he got this. thrown into quicksand he got thrown into the bog but the bog swallowed up his suit he got rescued by one of his people oh so, that's right yeah, that's right okay. that's right that's what happened yeah it was- and the ga- <laughs> that gator was coming after him yeah. right the gator was the gator got stuck in this quicksand yeah those Tomino animals. <laughs> He's, he's, yeah, he loves those animals. Hell yeah, he? man. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. I want to see some sloths. I'm, I'm good with them, too. I mean, <laughs> and one episode, I think it was like episode six, where it was like the whole cadre of all the Tamino crazy yeah. animals. It's like. The, 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 was it the Jaburo Bunch? <laughs> the Jaburo Bunch. I think there was some stuff I recognized from uh, Dunbine and some Ooh. of his other things. He's, he's always going to have crazy animals somewhere. I got, I, I told him, bring him on, man. Let the haters hate. I don't give a damn. <laughs> I, I could do probably a whole episode of those things if nice. it's done right. <laughs> so uh, I want to see Flanders else? come back. Let's go. <laughs> oh. Flanders the dog. That poor damn dog. No, that, that's pretty much all I got to say. <laughs> I, I did find this was very interesting. One of the things that really uh, stood out to me, though, was um, how uh, uh, Wilmot and Gell are trying, they want to speak to the, the American president because mm-hmm. they're, they want to, you know, they don't want this fleet launch to go on. Mm-hmm. It is kind of interesting because, they're, you know, once again, woman, you know, she did one atmospheric entry in that glider. And now she's talking, you know, telling them, hey, you could do this and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting because we're, we're, we're you know, they're really trying to, to stop this whole thing going down with uh, attacking the moon. But, man, Ameria is dead set on this. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, you can kind of you can kind of understand where they're coming from. And this whole thing with the Capitol Army and we see that when Becker's team launches, boy, were they goofy or what? <laughs> when that whole thing going on and and you know it, it almost seems like a show that they're they're putting up for all the people to see but the people aren't really seeing that the capital army are getting served every time every time they're looking like every Keystone cops <laughs> it's just it's it's so crazy mm-hmm. about how that's going but yeah it's um you know definitely interesting and like you mentioned when it came to space pope yeah you could tell this guy's not going to be um, making it too much longer because oh, no. um, it, it's just set up that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it really is just kind of set up that way that when he finally gets killed or he just dies or whatever it might be, you know, it's going to be a power vacuum. And, of course, with Koompa, it's like, do we really want to know how much more shady, stu- shady stuff that this guy's doing? <laughs> because... Um, it's really progressing, and we can see that. I'm in, in this episode too. I kind of felt bad for Guzman because you can tell, or Guzan, because uh, he feels that he's got control of everything with Amaria. Mm-hmm. But you can kind of see in this episode, it's slowly going out of his control. Oh, slipping through like those you, fingers. <laughs> yeah, you can you can see that with especially with what Krupa's going through and all this stuff. That old Guzman doesn't have the. Um, he doesn't have the control he thinks he has. Oh, so, no, not even. It, it's, he's, he's starting to realize that too. 
That sucks. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So, Sobro, uh, thoughts, ratings. Oh, man, I would probably give this episode. I'll keep it simple, but I'll give it three conspiracy theories out of five. Women better watch out. <laughs> I'm going to give this uh, three additional hours needed a day out of five. Uh, three additional flight simulator hours needed a day out of five for mm-hmm. Ida. So. <laughs> she needs to hit the lab. She, she, she needs to get on that Microsoft uh, flight simulator. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there, 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 there comes a point where you just got to be like, well, you know got to be somebody better tell me about it (laughs) i'm sure this i'm sure at this point i'm I'm hoping duella takes her place let's go (laughs) because i hate to say this but even at the end fa was able to hold her own she didn't die no she didn't (laughs) she didn't i mean she did a lot of things that a lot of more veteran pilots did didn't do (laughs) a lot of them died (laughs) (laughs) she made it through and that says a lot especially after the grips war (laughs) granted yeah, after that, it's like, you survived the Grips War? Okay, Ooh. you must have been a great pilot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> truth be told. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's, I'm just I'm just happy that my my mobile suit just, uh, it just uh, launches out parts to get blown up, so I don't get blown up. But mm-hmm. <laughs> So, that brings us to episode 11, Entering the Space War. Oh, well, shit. Here we go. It's what we, uh, what we thought. Take the Capital Army, take the American Army, you take their space forces, and uh, we can tell that the little showdown's going, because they're kind of bolstering up both their forces to kind of meet the... Th- to, to meet the threat of the moon and plus the threat of each other. Mm-hmm. So we can see a good old-fashioned space battle might be brewing. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So um, once again on cue, hey, um, some cat, uh, some cats, uh, cats, and uh, from uh, the, the capital spaceship, the Granada, uh, led by Mask again. Mm-hmm. It was Mac Knife uh, attacked the Megaflon in space. But, uh, of course, it's a good thing we have Bellary and the G-South. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Ida doing just their support role. So, um, yeah. So, Solbro, thoughts of episode 11? I, I, I was, uh, well, the first thing I, I took notice of is uh, Clem being given his own command. Clem Nick, he's given yeah. his own command of the Salamandra. That's right. Yeah. He's, he's introduced again, and yeah, the Salamandra is brought in. Yeah. And he's uh, dealing with uh, unreliable forces. He almost, gets, he almost gets taken out by friendly fire. Oh, I know. <laughs> That shit was amazing, um, but you know I, I'm sure he'll get his uh, his forces under control eventually. They they hogtied the shit out of Araya though. <laughs> oh, I know. And it wasn't enough. <laughs> she still got away. It's like, yo, will someone just knock this girl out, please? <laughs> just, just do something with it. She's gonna get. She's she's got more skills than Houdini at this point. Able to get out of uh, well, just punch her in the gut then. No doubt. How he died. <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, but maybe maybe knocking her out may not be best then. <laughs> But uh, we got the introduction of the Mac knife, as you mentioned. I like the lasers from the fingers, though. I, I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, lasers from the fingers is always a good thing. Why do all the Capital uh, Army suits fly spread eagle? <laughs> That's what I would like to know. You know what? I was kind of thinking the same thing. It, oh, it, yeah, it's God. a little little weird. It's it's funny as hell. Um, but you know, I guess that's a design uh, a design uh, tick that they have, and uh, it allows their suits to be aerodynamic. So I'm not gonna knock it too much. I just I wish they had better transformations. I, I guess I should say because it just looks looks bad, suspicious. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, as in in the world of transforming suits, they are kind of it's kind of underwhelming yeah. what they do. Yeah, I didn't make the connection to this episode, but uh, I do like the scene where Guzion confronts uh, President Zucchini. Nishini, I guess his name is. Zucchini Machini, yeah. The dudes, uh, how do you, Tomino, really? <laughs> really? I mean, he's come up with some crazy days, but it's like, are you trying <laughs> with this guy's name? Oh my God, Zucchini Nishini. Um, he he kind of confronts him in, pro- in a public square off, which is a really good scene, yeah. but uh, he's unable to really stop the side of conflict to come. Um, but the par- the parachute interrupt was nice, though. I, I got to I gotta give Guzion credit for that the man the man knows no fear that's pretty cool uh, but uh zucchini apparently is the father of clem nick yeah so um and i guess they mentioned it earlier but since i just finally saw his character in full in this episode um i you know he finally he mentioned well, clem, that yeah, clem clem disappeared for quite a few episodes so it's like you kind of almost kind of forget all about that yeah well clem uh it makes me kind of not trust clem because clem has been given some power and he's he's able to kind of operate on his own accord and doesn't have to answer to really anyone because he's the president's son so um that kind of has me a little worried about him uh especially uh, in the next episode and i'll get to that eventually but uh it was mask's first battle in space and he sucked just as much <laughs> yeah um yeah it's it's not it's not a it's not an issue of gravity or anything with this guy he no. just sucks you figured that without gravity he might actually stand a better chance oh, well no. not only that but no grab no gravity and a brand new mobile suit and oh, yeah. he still sucks I mean, they, they, there was moments where he had the upper hand, but they were far and few between. And at the end of the day, he got he got set packing as well. Um, I do uh, I do like uh, the the scene again. Ida gets called out to the carpet when Luan suggests that uh, Ida protect the ship, and yeah. Be- Barry tells her that she could provide cover by sniping. And she actually comes through this episode because she's facing off with uh, what's her name, um, Barara. Barara. Yeah. And she gets a couple licks on her, and it's like, dude, that's awesome. She uh, she finally defeated someone. So that was cool. Barara didn't get killed, of course, but she was forced to kind of pull back. And I, I thought that was... Well, a- we can actually see that um, maybe Ida's probably better in a sniping role, support mode. Oh, God, yeah. Support role. Let her stay, yeah. let her stay near the ship until she can get her, get her, get her wings or, or earn a new belt or something. <laughs> she, she needs to spend more hours behind uh, uh, in training in the, in the meantime. Um, uh, here's a question, though. Why doesn't Mask notice Bellry during their face-to-face? I understand that Bellry may not realize who Mask is, but mask should know bellry from his voice and from seeing his bloody face because they're they're face to face literally uh save for their helmets kind of clashing because they they have a dukaroo you know in a moment in zero gravity they both get outside their suit and they're like literally up up on each other and yeah but he's he's connected to that mask and everything so maybe that's maybe that that maybe that clouds what he's seeing because isn't that that mask is that helps him input and how it helps him pilot and everything like that too it, it so does so you may not clearly but even then yeah. they don't recognize each other's voices they were in training together they were like the best of boys from what the first couple episodes kind of made us realize and yet neither of them know each other from their own voices it's kind of weird <laughs> so I, I don't know i'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt even though uh they were like inches away from each other i just don't understand how they 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 don't know each other quite yet but that big reveal is coming and i, I guess they're just trying to pace that out but uh let's see what else um uh they kind of make a comment uh i think it was uh what's his name uh the the jugon that's his name he's one of the the subordinates to kumpa uh says something about lacking teamwork 
uh, mask Max team lacks teamwork, and that's one of the reasons why they lost. And then uh, Koopa. Uh, Koopa even criticizes uh, Jugen for his battle plan for Mask in the long run and the fact that Mask lost because he was led by by Jugen's poor decisions. So I like him calling them out. But then Jugen brings up something in regards to Koopa and he says to Koopa, um, he asks him if his intentions are to protect the people. And Koopa says, you know, uh, he, he complies that it is. But the face that he gives is really untrustworthy. And I'm beginning to realize that Koopa's probably a uh, an agent for the moon race. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I had a feeling for that a long time but it's like okay this guy means it, this man this guy's gonna cause a lot of damage somewhere along in this in this show and i i think uh eventually that's gonna reveal itself but belry still believes in the taboos apparently and uh he's kind of uh i guess against approaching the uh uh, san, uh what's it called uh sanct sanct porto? porto yeah yeah and uh um, the, the holy site that the, yeah it's like the wailing wall of space <laughs> <laughs> you can't or the Taj Mahal of space who knows but uh yeah that that was that was pretty uh there was a lot of insight there and uh I, well, I, it's I, the place where space pope goes and all course. that <laughs> yeah. the holy place yep it, it, if anything this episode was but we see but we see Bellrys he's he's caught up in that too though yeah he is you know because at the end he's going you know we can't be doing anything at this place because uh you know it's cursed it will be cursed if we uh do any fighting there yeah, so the religion is is pretty much beat into him so he he believes in the hook line and sinker so it's it's really i'd have to say this episode is probably one of the first real episodes that the religion thing really kind of you can see that the belief sector in it with Bellry and and some other people that this is um you know that they're they're really kind of believing this because before the way that they do everything with the the religious thing with space pope and everything like that you almost get this it's almost like it's just kind of there that mm-hmm. nobody's really taking it seriously you know what i'm saying yeah. so this one the fact that there's a, a true holy place and things like that that um you know that that's that's pretty interesting yeah but so. all, all the forces are in position now to uh for, i guess for the next stage yep. of where this is going and um it, if anything uh what are your thoughts man a lot of a lot of the things that you said i i think it, it's kind of interesting that you know the, this whole thing with uh kumpo because you do like you said he does get mad devious in this episode mm-hmm. but you also kind of wonder where i also get this whole opinion with when it comes with they're talking about mass team yeah they lack they lack um teamwork and stuff but they're also really just trying to they're using those guys because they know nobody was going to really care if they get killed off. Yeah. So it's almost like, you know, you're kind of getting what you're paying for. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, <laughs> you, you're, you're wondering why these guys can't work together, but yet you really don't give a crap if these guys are dead or not. Yeah. And that, 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 that to me is pretty interesting. Yeah, it is. It's, it's also very interesting how Zucchini really kind of relents to uh, Guzan mm-hmm. uh, after after they have that little conversation about, you know, some of the things that are going on and, and Guzan's uh, speculation and how Zucchini just is like, hey, take the ship. <laughs> if that's the case, then take the ship. Sh- sh- you know, we believe you. Show, show us how to do it. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah, basically this whole episode really just kind of a, a setup episode for the impending uh uh, battle that we're going to have at St. Porto. And um, really interesting, though, too, to see a lot of these ships, a lot of these spaceships showing up, and we can definitely see um, uh, the influences of the Universal Century. Yeah, the Universal Century technology supposedly 
uh, you know, packed away in the Rose of Hermes blueprints. But gosh, these um, these these ships, lot, lot of uh, <laughs> lot of Federation <laughs> and Zeon influences on these things. So um, I thought that was pretty interesting, and. I think, too, with your comment about Mask, I think one of the issues with him not recognizing uh, Bellary and stuff that you mentioned before, mm-hmm. um, I'm getting to the point, I'm wondering if the Mask, um, I know it does help him control a suit, but I'm wondering if this is some type of cyber new type thing with him, too. Kind of like the old, what is it, the Psycom helmets and all that stuff. And some of that's because I'm wondering if if they're kind of some type of uh, low rent, if Mask and his Kutala boys are some low rent um, uh, cyber new types. That and could be, and the, the mask could be uh, part of that. Uh, some type of control. Psychomu you know. technology or, or something of that where uh, where it's, it was also provided by the blueprints and he's utilizing it in a way where uh, it yeah. might enhance his own abilities. It'd be interesting we don't, to see we don't know. Yeah, we don't know everything about what is what is and isn't from the stolen blueprints. Yep. So it's, you know, so I it, it wouldn't be, I mean, a, a, and of all the things, the Psychomu, uh, units and the uh, the ability to with the the cyber new types. I mean, if you're interested in, in fighting a war, that's the type of things that you want. You want those type of people. Massive's going to need a catalyst too to put him on Bellry's level because right now Bellry is probably well beyond his abilities, yeah. which is why he keeps getting beaten. But eventually, something's going to put them on even plane, and when it does, they'll end up becoming a. Uh, uh, rivals that are that are going to drive the series to its end. So I'm going to be, I, I'm I'm interested to see what either that's that go. or either that or in the next couple episodes, oh. mask gets killed. Oh, never, that is never true. Know. <laughs> I mean, there, it's it's not super long. We only got about 25 episodes. His two so. rival could be well, Belry's two rival could be waiting in the wings. All we know. So mask yeah. may just be a a stumbling block for all we know. So hopefully, uh, hopefully for mask's sake, he uh he can step up his game. Otherwise, he's going to be cannon fodder real soon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did find it though kind of annoying at the end with uh, Bellry just going off about the curses yeah. and all that stuff. That was just a little. It's like okay, you never really seem to give a crap too much about any of the other stuff that was dealing with the uh, was the SU Cordiasm, and now it's like we're gonna fight at this. You might be fighting at this place, and you're you're believing in curses and stuff. It's yeah. like he just didn't seem like that type of guy. It kind of sprang out of nowhere, where it's like he just seems like kind of a an even keeled guy. But now it's like you're worried about going to some place, and you're going to get cursed by somewhat mystical people. I don't know. That to me was a little weird. Yeah. But of course, it's just the end. So, um, so bro, mm-hmm. your what, rating. My rating. Um, I will give it three well placed snipes by Ida. Don't don't get used to it, guys. <laughs> Out of five. <laughs> I'm going to give this three curses. Oh. Because <laughs> when he started talking about that, all I ever heard, all I ever remember is you ever, you ever see that uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force with a stupid mummy? And he just kept going around <laughs> going, curse. And he like, he like, he like, uh, he like tricked all those guys and buying them stuff because yeah. he just kept saying curse. Curse. <laughs> That's what I felt with Bellary. It's like he's just getting tricked thinking you're, you're going to be doing this stuff. It's just going to be a curse the whole time. So got played. Good thing. Good thing. Fry the fry guy was there. <laughs> but yeah, if, if, I need not to bring that up. That's pretty funny. But uh, man, I guess we're on. We're on even playing with this one. Definitely. Definitely. So uh, the next and final episode of this uh, this uh, review is going to be episode twelve, Capital Tower Occupied. Woo-hoo. So 
yeah, it's just uh, a lot of stuff going on in this one. And uh, we, see, we see, well, the long-awaited Ameria versus Capital Army battle starts going. You know, Hell yeah. we got we to gotta love that. So, um, and as the uh, Capital Army forces kind of get the beat down, um, the Amerian Army takes over the Capital Tower. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see that, you know, that is, that's what happens. And they hold the old Space Pope host- hostage. So, uh <laughs> You know, definitely a great thing to do. What, what else are you going to do? Especially with the uh, after the the blit- blithering idiots of Fike Pelry and stuff, <laughs> holding Space Pope captive, mm-hmm. and uh, so we see some of the things that are going on there. And as uh, as as uh, Ameria's taking over the capital and occupying, and we see that a uh, energy transmission and a live broadcast is showing uh, destruction of one of the suits out there, and we see that the Toasawa fleet appears from the moon. Yeah, so that's the way we end it. So, um, Sobra, uh, your thoughts of this episode? Uh, nice big battle this episode. Uh, I, 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 I can't say it was super eventful, but, you know, they... They did uh, have a pretty, pretty, uh, a pretty good amount of uh, events. Oh this. well, they, I forgot oh, they, they made it to San Porto. They had a battle. Yeah, it doesn't really seem like anybody got cursed. If you're thinking <laughs> the Toa fleet showing up is the curse, I it don't know. Could be, could be, but yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't super eventful during the battle. It wasn't until the end of the episode where where shit popped off, especially with the uh, the destruction of what's the name of that ship? The uh, Gavel. The gavel, yeah, the gavel, yeah, when it just got blown up, and of course, uh, everybody realizes it's possibly a warning from the moon, and sure enough, it is when you see the Toa Sanga, to- the Toa Sanga fleet floating right in front of the moon, um, and makes us wonder, makes me wonder, uh, who are these people and, uh, where the stories is gonna go next, but it was a nice cliffhanger to end things on. It was a little salty about that when the episode ended. It's like, damn, finally something happens. Great. <laughs> well, not only that, but it's like, man, um, I know there's Minoski particles all over the place, but mm-hmm. uh, wouldn't there be some type of visual, uh, you know, identification of this fleet? I mean, it wasn't exactly a small fleet, and you think you would even think to Gavel, you think they would say, "Hey, um, we're about to get shot at," yeah. you know? But um, so <laughs> go ahead, though. No, no. Uh, it, um, the I did like that Ida uh, came up with the idea of sneaking into uh, Nut One Forty Four. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was her plan to to get in there and be able to go see the Pope in order to get some answers about things and confront uh, Kumpa uh, there about you know what's really going on. It was good to see her shine this episode, and uh, finally she uh, she's stepping up. So her character is evolving. I know a lot of people complained about her, you know, being slow to become a good pilot, but maybe that's not her calling. Maybe uh, her coming up with tactics is more her game. So I'm hoping that uh, it will uh, it'll 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 prove to be something in time. And uh, uh, shout out to Ida for that. <laughs> I did notice something um despite the kind of the crew's hesitance uh Clem Nick moves to uh occupy the holy land of Saint Porto and um you know I guess he doesn't give a damn about the curse but uh it looks like Mick Jack is kind of like his lady Macbeth. She's always whispering in his ear and uh like encouraging him to do things that might advance him and it makes me wonder what her whole game is. I, I don't know exactly what she's about. I like her character, but I'm starting to suspect her too and uh pretty much what their agendas are and it'd be nice to see that unfold in future episodes. But yeah, she's she's giving me this lady Macbeth, Macbeth vibe and that uh that kind of that kind of piques my interest. There's that moment with the G self manual and it looked really familiar. <laughs> Yeah, I did. <laughs> when uh, when Belry gets it thrown at him and it says, "Read this book, learn more about the suit," and Belry says, "Man, this book is too has, big." 
has it has the Project V logo on it. Doesn't oh, it? Yeah, it kind of does. It looks like it looks just a, it looks very reminiscent of the Project V uh, manual that Armro has in Episode One of Mobile Suit Gundam. So uh, for those, uh, that's a big <laughs> shout out. Some people thought it was like the Turn A symbol, and it's like, nah, it looks like Project V <laughs> all day long. So yeah, it was just a V. I don't even I don't even think there anything was connecting it or anything like it, that. It's a yeah. V, but it has a line in it, and it's like that kind of looks like the Project V symbol from uh, the manual. Yeah. People were like doing comparisons online. It's like, well, yeah, and, yeah. and, 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 and anything, it's going to be, it, it's, it's a throwback to Armro because, oh, yeah. I think the manual in the turn A was, it was within the suit, right? It was like a digital manual. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I, I don't think it was anything dealing with, uh, it wasn't a book. I'll tell you that. <laughs> how how Armro fought off the Zakus while trying to read that, uh, trying to read that manual is something. Must have been one hell of a speed reader. <laughs> Either that or just real good pictures in that thing. Yep. I I, I think Umbro already got the gist on how to pilot a suit, so the manual just helped him to kind of fill in the fill in the gaps. But um I did like the I did like to run back in this episode when uh I think it was Danielle threw him the threw the uh the book at him. Hit him with the book and uh and and told him to study up. And uh, I I like Belry's uh, objection to that, but hopefully he does crack that book open sometime because he needs to learn more about the packs and all that fun stuff. I love how uh Mick insisted on not spreading the Minofsi part. Articles. I guess that was his way on not desecrating holy ground, but uh, maybe it was also part of his tactic as well. So um, I like I like that they they took note of doing that as well. But um, other than that, I thought it was a, a a pretty a pretty solid episode. I can't say it was as engaging as the other ones, but it we know it's all building up to something, and the end of the episode shows what it's building up to. So I'm excited to watch thirteen uh, when I get the chance, and when we review it next uh, next time uh, next time we review these episodes on Gundam. And uh, back to you. Yeah, it was. I, I definitely like um, Ida's plan to sneak into the uh, to Nut One Forty Four and, and finding out what's going on because she's basically asking the stuff we want to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, basically, <laughs> basically everything she's asking is like th- th- these are the things we're kind of wondering: what the heck is going on here? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's 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 definitely very interesting. Um, you know how what some of the answers that uh, that she's given and some of the things that you know that they're that they're going on but yeah it's you i mean you were wondering earlier talking about what is uh clem's objectives i think he's with his father but he sees i I think he sees controlling the photon batteries and stuff a little bit differently Mm -hmm. than his father does you know his father keeps preaching about you know mary is doing this to free all people i think clem wants to get that technology but i think he wants to unite the world under Ameria. <laughs> it's kind of the thing that i get and you know it's one of those things it's like i don't know who's wrong or right on this one yeah you mentioned the the battles kind of stock nothing really overwhelming you know a nicely choreographed battle but i did like the interaction between uh clem and mick and maybe there is some type of uh connection there but i do like the fact that they're kind of back and she's the typical mick is the typical uh loyal wingman yeah and you know and i think that that's that's a really that's a real good thing to see and and it's it's something that we see a lot in in all gundam shows you know you, you see a lot of these people that are especially the women yeah. um that it, it, it this is kind of you know for all the crap that tamino gets with um you know not showing you know sometimes showing crazy women or or women that you know are just kind of bumbling or whatever it is, he always does show a pretty good mix of some strong pilots. The Absolutely. only problem with it is, is 
I guess you could say, is they're never shown as being the ace pilot, yeah. except for the strike team in victory. <laughs> well, they were ace pilots. They were. They just so, uh, till they they were ace pilots till they sh- till they met Uso in the game. Oh. <laughs> and they got the the stench of death on them. But, <laughs> but, they, but they but they were ace pilots. So especially uh, the leader, she was like the real badass, yeah, the they, last one that dies. They were so. regaled. Yeah, they were they were definitely regaled. Yeah, and then they turned into victims. That sucks. But uh, at least at least they were competent to a point. <laughs> <laughs> but but we we could see that that's what makes uh, Roland is, is, and yeah. I mean she's you know it, it's funny how with them those two God Amaria's kicking even more ass. It's like yeah, Megaflon and stuff was doing all right with Bellary and stuff, but you bring in these two other more competent pilots and things like that, and, and we can see that this is you know they're much much more of a force to deal with, and the Capital Army is just God. I mean they have the they have the ability, they have the numbers, but they just can't get it done part of me kind of sees mick actually turning on klim somewhere in the show i think she might be up to something she, i could be dead ass wrong it could be uh, king arthur all over again but uh well it, <laughs> and you say that and it's yeah. probably because one of the biggest things that you didn't mention but i'm about to is that we find at the end that klim believes that says that the togosawa is made up of uh, survivors from the universal century that's right who created the hermes foundation he realizes that, and that is an interesting thing because that means it, they have access to technology they can't even begin to understand. <laughs> yeah, they have, to have they have the access to the technology they can't understand. But then it's also one of these things. Now it's like now we want to see what is the deal, and you know what made them be the guardians of this technology, mm-hmm. and why did they? You know that to me was the questions where I'm like, okay, now. I could see why maybe they don't want this technology getting out because of what it's done, but what gives them the right to kind of subjugate people instead of just, they should have just got rid of the technology. Yeah. But I guess we'll see. So that, um, genie, that genie's popping out the bottle real soon. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I mean, like you said, that you're, you're stating Klim, is he got a different agenda? Yeah, he does have a different agenda. And he, and he stated it. Yep. And because he knows, and it'll be interesting to see how he found that out, though. Unless it's just some type of rumor that's been kind of going wrong there. But um, the episode makes up for some of the just kind of uh, normal battle scenes in uh, in this. So, um, Soulbro, uh, your ratings for episode 12. Uh, the ending definitely saved this up and uh, kind of left us on the jump off point uh, for for uh, where the story is to come. So I'm going to give it three Raraya while outs out of five mainly because uh she flipped out when they were putting the assault pack on the g on the g the the g self apparently she thinks uh it smothers the g self so uh i I, oh, I li- yeah that's right i forgot about that i like her little moments in the show by the way um she even though she's not always lucid um she does say cryptic things here and there that kind of hint towards something like her whole fascination with chichumi saying that chichumi is uh the key to something i forget what her exact words were and she said something about a crown is coming or something like that in regards to Chichumi. And maybe Chichumi is supposed to represent something to come. So I, well, I don't know. This episode, too, she gets a little, mm-hmm. she gets a little, um, she has some weirdness when it comes to the Gundam, too, the yeah. G-Self, when yeah. she's around it. So Like when she took that wrench and tried to try to, try to attack the assault pack. <laughs> it was so stupid. <laughs> well, you could definitely see as they've gone to uh, St. Porto, uh, things are kind of coming to her like she's she's becoming a little bit more lucid than she has been 
it's it's definitely interesting. So, well, I'd have to say, based on what you just said, it does seem one of the things I've noticed though from this episode of previous episodes is all the guys, all the engineers and stuff, they love backpacks for uh, oh yeah the, for the mobile suits. It's almost like we're strike. Strike should be in here. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Strike! Strike's got to show up. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna give this three striker packs out of five because nice. it seems like every episode it's, it's almost got that kind of super robotishy thing to it a little bit too. It's like hey, uh, we got this new backpack that we haven't used before, and I think it might be work for what you needed it work for. So <laughs> I, I do. I forgot two things I wanted to mention. By the way, uh, number one. Uh, shout out to Clem Nick for the reference to float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. In episode, uh, what was it, episode 11. That was a yeah. kick-ass time to say it because he hadn't fought in space yet. So, um, you know, he was he was getting into his uh, Muhammad Ali mode, and it was a nice reference to Muhammad Ali. I loved it, though. I thought it was so dope. The other thing I wanted to mention is when the episodes end, they have a tagline now that says, the whatever character is narrating the next preview, the tagline now is, if you don't watch, you won't understand anything yeah. that is the tagline and that is a, I, I can't help but think that's a direct slam to people who have given up on the show i think that's a direct slam <laughs> it doesn't matter because they're not watching but i love that i love that shit when it comes up it's like oh my god tomino's going in i think that's kind of cool and uh I, I hope to understand more as we go along yeah so we'll be doing in a few weeks uh episodes 13 through 16 I believe and that would be in the next four. So um, I guess uh, at that time we'll have a little bit more about uh, the Tokusawas because I, I, I got a feeling the next few episodes will be bringing it in there. So and and of course, uh, pending any other illnesses or anything special, <laughs> Chris will join us on those reviews. Hell so yeah. we'll be back in a little bit. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. We take you out in the alley and we knock it out of you. You needed the money, so you killed her. That's not true, goddammit! Are you a fan of Gundam, Robotech, or Transformers? Well, you should check out Gundam at MEHQ, a wonderful source to learn about the Autobots. Yes, and once I learn about them, I will be the leader of the Decepticons. What was that, Starscream? Nothing, Lord Megatron. Nothing at all. We're looking for a few good new types. Over the last couple of months, the Gundam Nation has been getting together to play Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme Versus. We call those sessions EX Versus the Gundam Nation. Well, we as a group recently upgraded to the sequel to Extreme Versus, known as Full Boost. We're inviting you to come on out and play the new game with us. Even if you don't have the game, you can watch our live stream and also join in the conversation that we hold on Skype during the stream as well. It's not only a gaming session, but a social event for mecha and anime fans as well. If you have the game, you can add the PSN ID, The Gundam Nation. 
which is the tag that we use to network all the players for the sessions. Also, make sure to add to your Skype the contact of Shinjuku-Station so you can have a chance to join the Skype conversation during the stream. If you want to watch the stream live, make sure to head on over to twitch.tv slash fightersready and follow us there so you can be alerted to when our streams begin. If you missed any of our sessions, head over to youtube.com slash gundammahq and you'll find a lot of our sessions that we've already had archived there. Just be in mind that the conversations held in these sessions may not be safe for work. For more details on the event, make sure you visit gundam.net and click on the EX versus the Gundam Nation section. If you enjoy the game, the podcast, or Gundam in general, then you owe it to yourself to come on out to EX versus the Gundam Nation. We'll see you there. Debate is over. You will write a formal apology. I will what? A formal apology. You will kowtow. You will step and fetch. Frank, if you think you can get me. Get used to it. It's the way of the world. If you're so hot on discipline, then gun damn it. Start by accepting mine. Because contrary to popular opinion, I'm the head in charge. Come on, let's get something to eat. You really think you're bad, don't you? Beans and cornbread. Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. You've been listening to episode 156, where we reviewed Gundam Reconquista in G episodes 9 through 12. And I hope you guys enjoyed the review. Uh, again, uh, m- many apologies for Chris not being here. He's definitely under the weather. And uh, hopefully you guys didn't catch what he and I had uh, over the over the last couple of weeks, because it's terrible. And uh, I wish him well. I, I, I hope uh, he's all well rested and ready to go next episode. But uh, before we go, Neo, any uh, final thoughts? Anything you wanted to bring up at all? Like always, uh, support Gundam. Show your Gundam spirit by buying Gundam t-shirts. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, right now, I'm extending the holiday pricing until further notice. Oh. Uh, hadn't, hadn't really thought about it. Uh, kind of lazy. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, $14 plus shipping. So, um, you know, snatch it up. It's probably a lot better you can a lot better than uh a uh, lot better price than most t-shirts you can go out and get because t-shirts now are, are about twenty dollars no matter what they are so is that press special promotion uh where they get the free mystery gift it's still still happening or is that your uh, yeah i still i still have a ton of that stuff oh, so um cool. i still not a ton but i mean i still have enough to give out for quite a few um quite a few uh orders so so basically they hit you up with the order what do they what do they reach out to you at oh uh that would be uh gundam mhq store at gmail.com just um give me your information your shipping address uh quantity uh once i confirm payment through paypal i'll send it out to you Uh, i know some people have asked about when it comes to international shipping i can get you some prices on that uh unfortunately all i'm really going to do is is do it through a usps because i really found them to probably be the cheapest Mm -hmm. when it comes to even some of the international shipping and i know that we've had people that have uh, purchased it internationally and received it with no issue so yeah i mean i i've shopped around fedex and all that and for whatever reason it just seems like the united states postal service is probably the the cheapest and probably one of the more reliable so (laughs) in the in the states it's going to be priority mail so two days 
So I usually ship them once a week, usually on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. I ship them out, so people are usually getting them by maybe Tuesday or so. So um, you know, depending on what part of the country you're in. So, but yeah, that's 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 what it is. So right now, uh, holiday pricing still in effect, and the shirts are starting to go at this point. So. Ooh. This first batch, some of the sizes were getting a little light on. So I would definitely, if you've been thinking about it and you've been kind of putting it off, I would definitely um, start thinking about going in there. I think, I don't know if I have any more double XLs. And I know I didn't have a lot because uh, I kind of ordered it based on that test. Yeah. Uh, but I think larges and mediums were actually starting to go down. We're probably less than half of the allotment that we had. So mm. there's still some there, but if we start getting a lot of people starting to buy them, they may go away pretty quickly. So if you're thinking about it, definitely um, check it out. And they're, and they're all pretty much a true sizing. So if, if you're if, if you're honest with yourself of what your t-shirt size is, <laughs> then they will fit you fine. But yeah, that's about it. So on this first batch, we're running, we're starting to, we're, we've sold over half of the first batch. Oh, nice. Put it to you that way. So. Well, GundamMAHQStore at gmail.com. Reach out to Neo, find out if he's got your size, and you guys can work out all the details there and be able to get a shirt. Many thanks to everybody who picked up one over the holidays and anybody who's picked up one in general. You guys uh, are showing support for the show, and a lot of you cats are now going to conventions with the shirts on and getting a lot of uh, conversations going about the podcast and about our scene, too. So thank you very much, guys. Y'all are the best, and we, we got the best fans in the world. Thank you, guys. A lot lot um any any anything else that comes to mind at all no the only thing i could think of is that this upcoming 2015 i think it's going to be a busy one with uh reviews of not only classic shows i know that there's some classics that we're going to hit but i think uh with all the other uh mecca that we got going on finishing up uh g reco yep we still are waiting to do our mid-season point of Gundam Build Fighters try Mm -hmm. and then we'll be finishing that up probably later on in the in the year uh the first episode of Gundam the Origin the conclusion of the Code Geass Akito the Exiled so there's gonna be lots of stuff and and I know that um some of the you know we we try to do a mix of new and old and I think the the classic, the classic mecha show that we uh, are going to probably be the first one that we do this year is going to be pretty exciting because I know that this is, um, especially for Chris, I think this is really more of a, a Chris pa- passion project than even more so than me and Soulbro. <laughs> me and Soulbro are very interested in oh, it. Oh hell yeah! But, mm-hmm. but we, but we can safely bet that this is definitely a, a passion project uh, of uh, of Chris. And uh, from what I think, you guys will be excited, and I, I'm sure later on this year and and probably won't be happening it's probably not uh, too far away from us at this point but uh, we'll probably get a lot of stuff that we get of oh man thanks for letting me know about this because this show is awesome so (laughs) yeah Yeah, I I, I can't speak for Chris but he might actually give this series uh, his own seal of approval possibly who knows I'll let him I'll let him I'll let him uh, give insight on that once we get to the show but um exciting times are ahead guys thank you guys for listening and uh, I, I can't wait to uh, see how this new year plays out happy new year by the way guys and when you have time make sure to check out these websites head on over to where the magic happens mahq.net visit there for reviews of many mecha related animes and manga series also join the conversation at mahq's official forums at mechatalk.net where you can find forums for this show 
and other MAHQ and Shinjuku Station podcasts. There you can comment on the thread for this episode or others and submit questions for future podcasts. If you're looking for previous episodes of Gundam at MAHQ, look no further than Gundam.net, where you can also find information on all of our previous episodes. Also find us on iTunes by using the keyword Gundam, and make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. After listening to our show, your next stop should be Chaos Theater, MAHQ's podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom outside of Mecca. Hosted by the webmaster of MAHQ, Gundam's own Chris Guanche, and the pedal bear of the South, Tomopop's own Pedro Cortez. You can tune into the show at chaostheater.blogspot.com and on iTunes by searching for Chaos Theater. Don't forget that we're also on YouTube, where you can not only find our previous episodes, but extra content as well. Subscribe to these channels when you have time. YouTube.com slash Gundam MAHQ. YouTube.com slash Chaos Theater MAHQ. YouTube.com slash Fighters Ready. YouTube.com slash Shin Station Fight Tube. And YouTube.com slash Shinjuku Station. Last but not least, make a beeline to Shinjuku Station's home for live streaming. That's tinyurl.com slash Shin Station. Every week we stream live with anime commentaries like Shoji Ramaro's Anime Movie Night and live podcasts like our new show, Barbecue Night. Don't sleep. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash Shin Station and follow us to keep up with all our future live streams as well as archives of our most recent sessions. And again, remember to uh, check us out also during um, uh, Sons of Plavisky. You can watch that at live at uh, twitch.tv slash level underscore N-I-N-E and hitbox.tv slash level N-I-N-E. We're doing uh, our next session on the 24th of this month, January. And right after that, the 25th on Saturday, uh, we're doing uh, Sons of Plavisky at 10 p.m. on the 24th. And we're doing EX versus the Gundam Nation on the 25th, which is Saturday at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All times are Eastern Standard Time. And thank you guys for coming out there. Hope you guys check that out. And again, thanks for listening to Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next time. And finally, Hasbro. Hasbro has apparently filed trademark documents that would indicate that they are planning on making a GoBots movie. Good luck with that. <laughs> For those not familiar with GoBots, they were the 1980s lesser version of the Transformers, and it's what your parents bought you for Christmas when they hated you. <laughs> I'm Kenap Sucker. Those are your Shmozo headlines. At MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. From here on, starting now, I want my work to be credited by the anchors and on a burn. The name of my company is Video Production News, a professional news gathering service. That's how it should be read and that's how it should be said. I also want to go to the next rung and meet your team and the station manager and the director and the anchors and start developing my own personal relationships. I'd like to start meeting them this morning. You'll take me around, you'll introduce me as the owner and president of Video Production News and remind them of some of my many other stories. I'm not done. I also want to stop our discussion over prices. This will save time. So when I say that a particular number is my lowest price, that's my lowest price. And you can be assured that I arrived at whatever that number is very carefully. Now, when I say that I want these things, I mean that I want them, and I don't want to have to ask again.